0: Hi everyone, Demetrius McRae here, your online campus pastor here at Calvary Christian Center. Welcome to our podcast. May today's message bring healing, hope, and ultimately transformation. Hope you enjoy the message.
1: I, wanna, I want more of God's presence in my life, and I want him to have more control over me than he's ever had. See, I believe this is going to be a life-changing moment for people by live stream. And people in here, anybody a candidate for change today? Anyone? The truth is, even though this may be a challenging message, change begins when we are challenged. So I love you. And I believe God's called me to preach to you today a message that's so important. I don't know if I've ever had a more important word than I do today. Our text is Jeremiah 49, 1 and 2. It says, concerning the Ammonites, thus saith the Lord, has Israel no sons? Are there any sons? Has Israel no heirs, no sons or daughters? He essentially says, if they do, then why has Molech dispossessed and claim the inheritance of God. Why is the enemy doing the things that he's doing in the land of God's chosen people? Why have the Ammonites settled in Israel's city? Therefore, behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will cause the battle cry to be heard against Rabbah of the Ammonites it shall become a desolate mound and its villages shall be burned with fire then Israel then the church shall reclaim their inheritance and dispossess those who dispossessed them says the Lord I precious want to lay a little groundwork before I announce the title of this message today. So will you just slip up your hands? Father, have your way. Change us. Let heaven come in this room. Do whatever you want to do here and by live stream. Somebody give the Lord an ovation of praise. Give him a a good praise. Amen. I want to lay a little groundwork You can be seated before I announce the title of this message. The Bible says here, concerning the Ammonites, Thus saith the Lord, Has Israel no sons? Has he no heir? If he does, why has Molech, who was a false god, who was worshipped as king among the Ammonites, why has he dispossessed the children of God? Why has he claimed their inheritance? I was absolutely taken by this scripture when I read it. It seemed to leap off the page at me. The prophet Jeremiah is inspired by God and he asked a startling question. The question that he asked here is, has Israel no sons? Do they have any daughters? Do they have any heirs that are willing to reclaim their God given inheritance. Now, I want to say right up front that everyone in this room is a child of God. I say it in faith that whether or not you are young or old, we are all sons and daughters of the Most High God. I'm grateful to be a son of the Lord. Anybody grateful to be a child of God today? In this moment, the nation of Israel is in trouble. They are being overran by their sworn enemies, the Ammonites. And Israel is literally losing their promise. They are losing their inheritance to the Ammonites. These Ammonites were some of the most godless people who ever walked the earth. They worshiped one of the worst hell inspired demonic gods in the history of humanity. He was called the god Molech. His name literally means king. What made his worship so dark and what made his worship so despicable was that was in order to please this false demonic god, human sacrifice had to be offered, but not just any sacrifice of humanity. In particular, he claimed and desired and wanted their children. He said, you will sacrifice your babies to me. See, you've got to understand something. The price of sin in one generation is often paid by the next. I know that's deeper than you realize, but the compromise of one generation often becomes the bondage of the next. And here we are, we're we're finding out about this God, Molech, and I'm gonna bring up an image of him. If you look at him and you study him, his hands are literally outstretched like this. And these hands are made into a pool. And these babies are brought and placed in water in these hands that are crafted to be like a pool. And they would lay their little babies in those hands. And at first the water was cool. It wasn't hot. But then they would begin to heat that water up, getting it hotter and hotter and hotter, raising the temperature temperature just a little bit at the time. Isn't that what the enemy has done to the church? We have allowed him to raise the temperature a little bit at the time. We've allowed things to take hold of our nation and even take hold of the church that absolutely grieve the heart of God, and we are making compromises a little at the time. The issue was that when the children finally realized what was going on because it was a bronze statue. And that statue was heated up as hot as it could be. That water began to boil, and the children were literally boiled alive. The families that were there, of course, they loved their children. And what would happen is this there were. Priest of Molech that were stationed by the families. They were there by the fathers and the mothers and the brothers and the sisters and the friends of that sweet little precious baby. And when those babies began to cry out, they would beat a drum. They would beat out a musical cadence and the reason that they beat the drums was so that the families could not hear the perishing of their children. The reason that the enemy would beat the drums, the priests would beat the drums, is because they know, knew that if their parents heard the cry of a lost generation, of a dying generation, that they would lose heart. And I want to take for just a few minutes and preach along the lines today. Stop the music. We are losing a generation. Stop the music. The devil is pounding out the drums of compromise. He's pounding out the drums of immorality and unrighteousness. And he's not just pounding them in the world. Now he is pounding them at the church, I want to say today, stop the music. The enemy is after the hearts of a generation. Stop the music. The devil is after your children and mine. Stop the music. Playtime is over church. Stop the music. How many of you are ready for the enemy to stop the music? Hallelujah. This incredible text that I just read was written by what I think to be is one of the greatest prophets of the Bible. It's written by a man named Jeremiah. And there are some amazing facts that I don't want you to miss concerning Jeremiah. He prophesied and ministered during some of the darkest, most intense times in the nation of Israel. Jeremiah stood before a compromising community. He stood and declared the word of the Lord when it was anything but easy. He stood and he spoke truth and he delivered the heart of God, not trying to be popular but trying to be obedient. But here is what is amazing to me. Jeremiah was about 15 years old when he received his call to ministry. At about 15 years old, Jeremiah is thrust this young teenager before a compromising, immoral, idol-worshiping, lost nation, and he's there as a spokesman for God. I don't know about you, but man, that blows my mind. I want you to understand something. Jeremiah was a Teenager. Are you hearing me, young person? He was unqualified. There was no way he should have been chosen to do this. He was a teenager who wrestled with challenges and insecurities. He had issues himself, if you study his life. But God began to deal with him about taking a stand. And here is his reply Jeremiah said, Lord, I'm just a youth. I'm unqualified. I'm too young for this. I I cannot do this. I cannot go against the grain. I cannot resist the fabric of this society. I'm too young to do this. I'm only a teenager. I can't make a difference and I want you to understand something. The enemy is trying to convince the church as a whole. He's trying to convince everyone in this room that we are unqualified to do anything significant for the Lord. The enemy has now launch such an attack where people are making excuses who need to be rising up and fighting for the next generation. People say I'm too young pastor. Are you son and daughter of God? Every one of us are. You say yes but pastor I'm too young. My my past is too messed up. I've had too many issues. I've had too many failures. Pastor I'm not gifted enough. Pastor I'm not filling the blanks. I can't do it and this is why. But the devil is a liar. Here's what Here's what you need to understand, precious. God doesn't want your excuses, he wants you. He wants you jack-ups and mess-ups and all. He wants you problems and insecurities. He wants you in weakness. He wants you when you feel like you are unable to do it and inept for the task. But here's what I want you to know. When God uses a Jeremiah, when he raises up a David, when he raises up somebody like a Jim Rayleigh and somebody like you, there is absolutely no way that we can get the glory for it because we know that we don't have what it takes to do the job, but the Lord is on our side. Uh, Listen, God told Jeremiah, don't hide behind your excuses don't hide behind the excuse of being too young listen he said you're more than you think you are jeremiah there's more in you than you realize and god said something very powerful to jeremiah he said son i knew you in verse five before i formed you in your mother's womb before you were born before you were a twinkle in your daddy's eye he said, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nations. <laughs> God said, I knew you before you even were born. I had a plan for you before you even got here. Oh. Yes, Lord, hallelujah. That's why you can never allow the enemy to convince you that God doesn't love you. You say, Pastor Rayleigh, how long has God loved you? God knows everything. He's omniscient. That means he's always been aware that you would arrive on the planet. He always knew that you would arrive with an assignment. And let me tell you something, that's why the enemy wants you to feel unloved and unworthy, but you need to tell the devil, the Lord loved me before I even yes. got here. Yes. He had a plan for me before I even, before I was even born. Hallelujah. Jeremiah, Jeremiah, I set you apart. Jeremiah I put my hand on you to make a difference Jeremiah there is greatness in you don't be disillusioned by people don't be afraid of your family don't be afraid of your friends Jeremiah push past your own thoughts push past how you feel about yourself push past the compromise push past the words of others watch this push past the unrighteousness that you see every where you turn. Jeremiah, there is greatness in you. And I stopped by this morning to tell you what the enemy wishes that I would not inform you about. There is greatness in you. Hallelujah. More than you know, even if you're older, younger, or right in the middle, there is greatness in you. Young person, don't let the devil lie to you. There is greatness in you, young adult. There is greatness. You know what stood on this stage this morning and sang? You know what danced on this stage? Little children. Greatness was in the room if you can decide right now I'm going to push past my own insecurities, I'm going to push past my past I'm going to push past the compromise, I'm going to push past people's opinions I'm going to push past what went wrong, I'm going to push back past my own fear, you'll discover that there is a world shaker in you you will discover that there is a planet chaser, a planet shaker in you, I've come to let the world know that there is a church that's rising up in its identity and we're gonna know who we are. Are you ready? If that's you, give the Lord a mighty praise. If you study the life of Jeremiah, you will find out that he was the most persecuted prophet in all the Bible and where the resistance began was not in the world. It was not among the Ammonites. The resistance that he encountered the most was his own family. His own family told him, shut up, don't do this, you're too young. His friends and those that were close to him, the so-called close friends of his, told him all of his problems, but he had to get beyond being bound by what friends and family said. Some of you young people sit here, and I'm to go somewhere just for a minute and y'all bear with me i'm preaching tuesday night to thousands of young people in nashville florida Uh, nashville florida nashville tennessee you you say pastor what's a 58 year old man i'll be 58 next month what's a 58 year old man doing preaching to uh, uh thousands of young people i don't know but here we go uh hallelujah I want to talk to some young people in this room. You may be here and you'll say, Pastor Rayleigh, I would live more boldly for Jesus But what will my friends say. You don't understand, Pastor, my friends may reject me. Can I say this to you, young person? Your friends didn't die for you and your friends aren't coming back for you. Jesus is. Hallelujah. That's why I'm not bound up by what people say about me because people didn't die for me. They didn't relieve me. They didn't release me. They didn't anoint me. I do this for Jesus. Now, let me talk to some young people. It pays when you're surrounded with folks that understand. But let me talk to some young people right now. Some of you are simping. Uh huh simping so bad over some girl or some guy that you can't even think straight. See, most people in here don't know what simping means, but you young people absolutely know what simping means. Simping simply means that you are into some guy or some girl so much that it's pathetic that you will do anything and make almost any compromise to be with them. we got young people simping when they ought to be praying, hallelujah they'll make any compromise. That's the work of the enemy in this generation. Virtue is out the window. Virgin is a dirty word. I'm telling you, there's more to life than pimples, peach fuzz, and puberty. Pastor Jim, I can't live boldly for the Lord. I'm not sure how BAE, that's what they say, BAE. I don't know how BAE will feel about it. B-A-E. You know what BAE stands for? BAE stands for Beyond Anyone Else. Come on, it's an acronym. I I watch young people call each other Bay on social media. I pay attention. One minute they're calling each other Bay. the next minute they unfollow each other, they unfriend each other, and they block each other, can't even text each other anymore. I wanna say this to everyone in the room, be careful who you call bay, Be careful who you put above anyone else or before anyone else. Young lady, I've said this before, but I'm gonna say it again. If all that joker cares about is breasts, thighs, legs, you don't need to take him home. Send that joker to KFC. That's right. <laughs> you ha- you have a destiny. I said you have a destiny. I said you have a destiny. You say, Pastor Raylee, do you love Bay? Let me tell you something. If Bay stands for bacon and eggs, I love Bay. Hallelujah. Jeremiah had greatness in him and God knew it. And I want to tell every young person in this room, I want to tell the emerging generation that there's greatness in you. Move out of your own security or insecurity. I see young ladies at 13 years old posting things on social media and on Instagram, trying to look sexy. Honey, be 13. Don't get in a hurry to be so sexy. Cover your breast up. I see guys trying to pose, trying to act like they're a gangster, trying to act cool, I'm tough. I'm got your pats half down, acting like you strong. You ain't fooling nobody. You still sleep with a nightlight on. Everybody knows it. You ain't fooling nobody. You ain't a gangster. You still wearing Peppa Pig pajamas. Come on somebody, you, you ain't fooling nobody. <laughs> I said, you ain't fooling nobody. Your mama still tucks you in. Can I get a witness? You, you ain't fooling nobody. Young lady, you take an hour trying to take the perfect selfie, and then another hour filtering the shot to get as many likes as you can, but listen to a father's heart today. It doesn't matter how many likes you get on Instagram if you don't like yourself. That's
0: good, Pastor.
1: Can I find a witness in here that believes that's the truth? So here is this young man, underqualified, inept, the teenager, rising to the call of God, rising to the assignment, embracing his greatness. I want everybody on your row, including you, to embrace the greatness that God has put inside of you. Y'all want you to be ready in the next season to join me in making a difference. This, this, This young man, Jeremiah, dealt with rough family situations. He dealt with friends who tried to hold him back. He dealt with harassment and physical abuse at the hands of religious leaders and political leaders, he was accused of treason. They told him he was crazy. He was thrown into prison, but through it all, he stayed on course. Through it all, he was still used by God. He followed hard after the Lord, so much so that now, after many years of prophesying, he's now an old man. He started at 15, but now he's an old man, and he rises up and pins the words from the heart of God. he said concerning the Ammonites, he said, does Israel have any heirs? Are there any sons and any daughters that are sick and tired of the Ammonites coming in and sifting our land and stealing our legacy and robbing us of our children? Does Israel have in his sons? And it is so profound and powerful to me because if you know what's going on here, the Ammonites had literally invaded the land of Gad. In fact, there were three different tribes that they invaded. They invaded Gad, they invaded Reuben, and they invaded Manasseh. And they were losing the promises of God. That promised land was being taken over By the Ammonites. One side note, I want to tell you something. The enemy will always try to steal God's promises. He'll try to steal healing. He'll try to steal salvation. He'll try to steal your joy. He'll try to steal your purpose. He'll try to steal your destiny. But I have come to sound the alarm and tell you, devil, we know who you are. And you will not have my family. You will not have my purpose. You will not have one one square inch of anything that God has promised me in my life. Ah.
0: That's
1: it. Jeremiah rises up to prophesy and he said, does Israel have any sons? In that moment, he's in a legacy mindset. He wants to know, in essence, who's got next. Is there anybody that will rise up? I want the people, young, old, and in between, if you want to be next, just open up your mouth and give God a praise. Oh, hallelujah. I'm next for revival. I'm next for worship. I'm next for breakthrough. I'm next for a new thing. I've got next. Hallelujah. These three tribes had lost precious soul very much. The enemy came in and sifted and took and stole from them. And in that moment, they came into a tribe that is called Manasseh. Now, if you define the word Manasseh, Manasseh means this it means causing to forget, or simply, I forgot. And this tribe of people, they became just like their name. When the Ammonites came rushing in, they forgot who they were. They forgot about God. They forgot about his greatness. They forgot how far God had brought them. They forgot that God could do anything. They forgot that he parted the Red Sea. They forgot that he gave a miracle after miracle after miracle. I believe one of the issues in America right now is that the church has amnesia we have forgotten that he is a way maker and a miracle worker that he is a uniter and a deliverer they forgot god and because they forgot god they lost everything if they could have remembered who they were the enemy would have been No match for them. I've come today to remind you that you are a child of God, that the Lord is on your side, that you are a son and daughter of the most high God, that he is for you and not against you, that he is on your side, hallelujah. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord can raise a standard against him. Oh, hallelujah. (laughs) Does Calvary have any sons and daughters who are gonna remember who you are? You know what? Most of America and even the church has forgotten God. In this great land that we love has been spiraling and is in trouble because we have been forgetting God and just like the prophet Jeremiah cried out has Israel no sons? I preach to people across the nation from this stage. People watch us from everywhere. I want to say to people in this church, I want to say to every campus are there sons and daughters at Calvary who will remember the Lord? Do I have any sons and daughters who won't forget me? That's what the Lord says. He said, do I have any sons and daughters who will take me outside of the building? Do I have any sons and daughters that will walk right in their workplace and not be ashamed? Is there a passion and a hunger for God? Is there room for God in your life outside of this building? Is there room for God in your life? When you walk in, are you ashamed of him? Or do you say, Lord, I remember. I remember when I wasn't fit to live and I was scared to die. I remember every blessing, every break, If you remember, just give God a mighty praise right now. Uh, The devil won't win if you'll remember. He won't have your children if you'll remember. He won't have our nation if the church will remember. Oh, I feel it in my bones, the alarm is being sounded. There is a generation rising up that is ready to remember that God can do anything. Much of this generation that has come before us has lost their passion. Much of the church has lost its tears. Come on. They've lost the thought of the Holy Ghost. They've lost the thought of the move of God, their worship. They've lost their prayer. They've lost their praise. They're cold in a service. But see, people who remember, they worship a little differently. People who remember you pray a little differently. So I declare that God is going to release in this room the spirit of recollection and we are going to march into new victory rehearsing what the Lord has already done. The Ammonites came in the... They came into Manessa and sifted Manessa, but I got news for you, devil. You ain't coming into Calvary. You're not coming into a single campus. We remember where we come from. We remember a 25-year journey, and God was faithful to me in 1997, and he's still faithful in 2021. Hallelujah. Amen. Young person, we need you. We need you to help us remember. We need a generation to go after God. So you have Manasseh, whose name means, I forgot. But then you have Reuben, and Reuben's name means to see a son. It literally means willing to be seen. Reuben, this great nation, this great tribe within the nation of Israel, they should have been willing to be seen. But if you study what's going on behind the scenes, when the Amagot Knights came flooding in and rushing in, instead of willing to be seen, instead of them rising to their call, they hid like scared rabbits. And I wanna tell you something, the enemy is always gonna rush in. He's always gonna fight. But you need to understand that a hidden, undercover Christian is no help to the lost and no threat to hell. People, People know that you like the Dolphins. People know that you like BCU. People know that you are an Alabama fan. People know that you are a Miami fan, but do they know that there is a Jesus who has transformed everything about your life? Do we have any sons and daughters who would say, Jim Rayleigh, I'm ready to come out of hiding? Ah, that's the word I have for you, church. Come out of hiding. Don't be ashamed. We're, we're in, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna upset the apple cart. We are living in a day and in a time, church, when the world is upside down. We've got pride month and we have an entire month where we celebrate, we allow in our nation a, 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 a constant celebration of what grieves the heart of God. We've got pride month among homosexuals. Then we've got ashamed believers in the church. Come on, Where is the church that will rise up and say, we don't hate you, we, we don't despise you, we're gonna love you. If you struggle with same-sex attraction today, I love you in Jesus' mighty name, but I've come to tell you, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Are there sons and daughters willing to be seen living for and loving Jesus? Come out of hiding. Because if you will be seen, he will be seen. Come, right. huh? right. you will never truly make an impact until you're willing to be seen. Are there any sons and daughters in the room ready to live boldly for Christ? If you're willing to be seen, come on and give God a mighty praise right now. Hallelujah. I hear people say, you know, Calvary, y'all do stuff for people, but you put it on social media. You just bragging about it. You get your reward. Why don't you hush? You know what we're doing? We're not bragging on ourselves. The Bible said, let your light shine before men, that your good works may be seen. You know why? Because there's enough bad news in the world there's enough division in the world we need to put it out there that the church is not being quiet that we're helping a kid with cancer we're seeing him healed and his family delivered how many of you are glad to be in a church that's willing to be seen and you are ready to be seen then we look at God If you look at the word Gad, Gad means a troop. It literally means an army. In my mind, that's what it represents. The Ammonites came rushing in, and Gad, this tribe, forgot that they were an army. They forgot that this is warfare. They forgot that they had to fight. And I'm not going to tell you that you ain't going to have to fight. Whoever said it would be easy, whoever said that you wouldn't have to struggle, whoever said that you wouldn't have to pray sometimes, here's what should have happened. They came, the Ammonites came in and Gad forgot that they were an army. They forgot that it was warfare and they lost sight of how high the stakes were. They should have ran the Ammonites out of the land but they forgot that they had power in the name of Jehovah. They forgot the power that they possessed. But I feel like there's an army rising up in the land that remembers he is everything he says that he is. Remember who you are and remember who you serve. Hallelujah. I want to tell you they forgot they were an army. But here is the most tragic part of this story. The most tragic part is this. When the Ammonites took Gad, the people of Gad began to worship their false god Molech in Israel. And the Bible says that Molech was their king. Are you understanding me that when the Ammonites came in and took the land of Israel that not only did they not resist, not only did they not fight them, not only did they not stand against them God says what is going on here? Why in the world now are they worshiping Molech? Why have they named Molech now their king? Why are they giving this unrighteous deity the glory that belongs to God? They fell right in and they just became worshipers of And let me tell you something, baby, you will never change what you become a part of. It's okay, I'll preach whether you amen me or not. We've got a church that's compromising too much in the land and the reason we can't change the world is because the world has got so churchy and the church has got so worldly that you can't even tell the difference between the two. We look like them, act like them, respond like them, dress like them, y'all ain't saying nothing. But there is a generation that wants to rise up and remember who we are and declare war on the enemy. Jesus is King. Tell everybody in your neighborhood, say, Jesus is King. The Molech is not king of my life. The agenda of the enemy is not king of my life. The Republican party is not king of my life. The Democratic party is not the king of my life. The president is not the king of my life. The governor is not the king of my life. A senator is not the king of my life. I love my queen, but she's not the king. Come on, there is one king in my life. He is the king of kings and he is the Lord of lords. Do we have any sons and daughters who will join the army of the Lord and say, Jesus is king over my life. Young person, will you allow him to reign so much that you are sexually pure? That you'll guard the websites that you go on, mister. That you'll reject rebellion, that you'll reject division. Come
0: on pastor.
1: That you'll reject racism and compromise and you'll fight for your friends and fight for your family, fight for your children and and, and fight for our nation and fight for unity and fight for justice and fight for righteousness and fight for your school. Come on, fight for your church, fight for revival. Are there any fighters in the house? Tell your neighbor, fight, fight, fight. Yes, yes, yes. Tell them fight, fight, fight. Come on. Listen, do you remember when there's a, when you were a kid growing up, we would have fights on the playground. Y'all don't do nothing like that. we get out there, we didn't really fight. We just rolled around in the dirt. Nobody really fought that much, but here's the truth. It's time to go out and let the devil know we ain't just fighting in here. We're coming out to the devil's playground and we're saying we're gonna fight for an outpouring of the Holy Ghost and for transformation so many have become afraid to fight for jesus but here's the question will there be sons and daughters that will rise up and claim their school claim their family claim their job when jeremiah wrote these words the ammonites had taken the land and sifted the people and here is what is absolutely mind-boggling he took they, they took the land they sifted the people And then they built their capital in Gad. They made their capital in Israel. And if you define the name of their capital, the name of their capital was Rabbah. And Rabbah means this. It means stronghold. Can you imagine that they set up a stronghold in the nation of Israel. The capital of their entire country, the stronghold was set up in the nation of Israel. You would have expected there to be strongholds in Amnon, but you never would have expected strongholds to exist in the promised land. You never would have expected the strongholds that were in Amnon to be in the promised land. See, it's never a surprise when strongholds exist. In the world, that when the same strongholds of the world invade the church, Houston, we have a problem. Yeah. Oh, it's quiet in here. When we have the same mess that are strongholds out there, they become strongholds in the church. We need revival. You expect racism strongholds in the world, but not in the church. You expect this unity in the world, but not in the church. You expect fornication in the world, but not in the church. Oh, Jesus. Not on the stage, not on the platform, not with, oh yeah, help me, Lord. You expect same-sex marriage in the world, but now that same stronghold is trying to take hold of the church. You expect injustice in the world but now injustice is trying to take hold of the church. You expect the world to wink and on-demand abortion at any time of pregnancy in the world but not in the church. Some of y'all said, Pastor, shut up now. Shut up Pastor. You're going to offend somebody. You're saying too much. You're going to upset somebody. Shut up Pastor. Just be quiet Pastor. We don't want you to get that radical but I want to say something to you church. I am over it. I am over it. I am over it. I I am over it, I am over it. I am over limp-wristed, sissified preaching. I am over the lack of deliverance in the house of the Lord. I am over it, I'm tired of it. Where is the generation that will rise up and say it don't matter what you're bound with, you can be set free. So you can jump on my Facebook and give me a review if you want to. I don't care. My you can comment and say all this. That's Pastor, shut up. I don't care because I love everybody, but here's the word. It's time to ignore the voice of every critic who is perpetually offended about everything except sin. I wish I could find a church that understood what I was saying. I'm ignoring the voice of every critic who is perpetually offended about everything except sin. There will not be strongholds in the house of the Lord. We break it in the name of Jesus.
0: Come on, Pastor.
1: I'm, I'm not scared of people. I'm not going to do that. I'm too old to do that. Yes. Somebody here is ready to remember. Somebody's here ready to be seen. Come on. Somebody here is ready to fight. And here's the promise of the Lord. Therefore, behold, the day is coming when the battle cry will be heard in Israel. Woo. Let me hear a little battle cry right now. Huh. Yes, Y'all, huh. robber strongholds of the Ammonites, Amorites will become a desolate heap of ruins. Yes. The strongholds of the enemy right. will become a desolate heap of ruins. Yes. The battle cry will be heard in the last days. I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. The Bible said, I say God, I God say so, and it will be so. It will be so. Awakening will be so. The salvation of your children will be so. American revival will be so. So, More campuses here and in Egypt and around the world, it will be so. Revival, awakening, healing, miracles, signs and wonders, it will be so. Raise the battle cry in the house of the Lord. Raise the battle cry. We remember. Tell somebody around you, we remember. Oh! We remember. We remember. Yes. We remember. We remember. We are willing to be seen. We remember. That's right. Thank you, Lord. We are willing to fight yes, because we Mm-mm. remember. On November 17th, there was a concert in Houston put on by a man named Travis Scott. I have personally have nothing against him. He's a man who needs Jesus. So this is not an attack against him but I'll tell you what I hate who's been inspiring him. He did an event, they called it Astro World after his third album and everything about that concert seemed to be inspired by hell the imagery was so dark and it was so demonic in fact i watched people being interviewed and one young african-american man you knew that he had been raised in church because he said i was there he said but i wanted to leave he said because it was so demonic he said it was so demonic The press in the crowd, if you've seen it on the news, was so great that tens of thousands of people were pressing toward the stage. It got so intense that people were raising up their hands in the air because people were all around them and they were breathing like this and droves of people began to have cardiac arrest. In fact, if you have read the article, these people could not breathe, they were dying. Ten died including a nine year old little boy and I want you to understand this all the while the music kept playing. They had gone to him law enforcement medical response teams and said we are in crisis we're in trouble and they said we'll stop the show but they took the show 40 minutes longer and in that 40 minutes a nine-year-old boy perished and nine others and there's some now that we don't even know if they're going to live but the music played the people cried out watch this
0: it was just like a concert from hell and we were literally in hell People were screaming bloody murder, literally. I was literally praying and I was like, please get me out of here. Like, this is not how I want to go, please.
1: We're begging Travis Scott to stop the music. We're starting chant, stop the music, stop the music. I'm-
0: Travis had a bird's eye view on everybody and could see everything. The show because there's people traveling and they're not breathing. We can. Oh. It was hell on earth. It was hell on earth. I walked up and nothing could have prepared me for what I saw. Being in this crowd is literally a life that wasn't there. Stop the show! 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 Stop the show!
1: Thousands were crying out. generation was perishing they were crying out at this concert but the music never stopped stop the show if I could say anything to pastors and preachers and people who have a stage stop the show we don't need a show we need the anointing of the Holy Spirit these teenagers cried stop the music it's not fun anymore stop the music it's not giving me joy anymore I thought it would be so wonderful stop the music And just as the music didn't stop hell is beating drums just as in the Old Testament when the children of the Israelites and of Amnon were perishing and dying they beat the drums so you could not hear the perishing of the next generation hell is releasing a song hell wants the church to be deaf hell doesn't want us to hear that there is a generation dying Hell doesn't want us to know that there is a generation who needs the Lord. Hell is banging the drums of compromise. Hell has now been banging the drums of a watered down gospel. A change, no one message. Hell has been beating the drums that God isn't real. That any lifestyle is okay. Hell has been beating the drums of racism and disunity and division and political motive and manipulation but I rise to tell you stop the music we we listen to CNN and we listen to Fox and more than we listen to the Word of the Lord stop the music We fall into offense because of something we see on social media and go to unfriending people and unfollowing people and we act just like the world. I say stop the music. We have bought into the lie of the enemy. Listen, we are losing a generation. Stop the music. Our children hang in the balance. Stop the music. People are dying without the Lord. Stop the music. Stop it. Stop it until repeat comes stop it until revival hits the church stop it until people awaken stop the music stop the music stop the music in Jesus mighty name devil we take authority over you stop the music you have to go is there anybody here ready to see the Lord in your generation raise a battle cry
0: Shout Jesus Shout Jesus Shout Jesus Shout Jesus Shout Jesus
1: Out that needs to be released. If you need to release it, release it right now. If you need to release it. This is our battle cry. This is not just a praise. This is a battle cry. The battle cry. And the stronghold Rabba will become a desolate heap. He said, "Everything that has bound you can be broken off of you." Manessa, yes. if you will just remember, Vanessa, if you will remember who. Everything can shift, Reuben, if you would not be undercover and you were willing to be seen. Everything could change, Gad. if you would remember that you are an army, Church, I will remember. I will be seen and I will be part of the army. God used an underage, underqualified teenager to release a message of hope to a people in rebellion. If you study the word Molech. Molech's name means simply this, not only king, but the verb part of his name means this, the king of shame. One of the ways that the enemy works on people is to keep them ashamed, to make them feel like, gone too far, done too much. I'm ashamed. I'm ashamed of the issues that I'm fighting. I'm ashamed of the battle that I'm facing. And when we do that, we enthrone Molech in our lives. And the Bible said in the book of Leviticus, see, it's the dangerous thing because the next generation doesn't need a church that's ashamed. The next generation needs a church that knows who they are. Your name is power. Your name is healing. Your name is light, break every stronghold, shine through the shine. Now, now the Bible says in the book of Leviticus, has it been all right? Still love me? I, I still love you. I love you even more. But the Bible said in the book of Leviticus, the Lord said, Do not let your children pass through the fire of Molech. He said, Israel, do not sacrifice the next generation. Are there sons and daughters who will join Pastor today and reclaim? the inheritance that the enemy has tried to steal from you and from me. I'm going to ask you to do something a little bit unusual. I'm going to ask you for about three or four more minutes. I want everybody to come to the front right now who will join in this fight with me. And I want to close this out by praying over you as a father in the Lord today. Come on now. I need you, if you really receive this today, I want you to come come from the balcony. You say, I'm not saved, Pastor, come anyway. Come on anyway. We can take care of that in just a minute. Hallelujah. Your name is power. Your name is healing. Your name is life. break every strong First of all, I declare that revival is coming to this generation. I declare that our teenagers are going to prophesy our sons and daughters are going to prophesy. I declare that young men are going to see visions. And I declare that old men are gonna dream dreams. I declare revival in our kids' ministry. I declare an awakening in the name of Jesus. Now, if you're in this room and with heads bowed and eyes closed, and this is gonna be different today, but you're not where you need to be with God. See, we're not so concerned about the fires of right now, those fires are out. The fires that we're concerned about are the fires of hell and hell is still real. And with heads bowed and eyes closed, if you're not ready to meet the Lord, when I count to three, raise your hands. You're already up here. If you're not ready and you know you're not ready, when I count to three, slip up your hand. One, two, three. Slip that hand right up. Things in my life, yes. Cross the room. Cross the room. Cross the room. (laughs) We're letting the devil know. Stop the music, devil. We're not gonna believe the lie anymore. Now, put your hand on your heart and raise your other hand. Will you do it? The Bible said to lift up a holy hand in the house of the Lord. It's not a a hard thing to do. It's just you saying, I surrender. Pray this prayer after me, loud and strong. Pray, Heavenly Father, Father, in Jesus' name, name, forgive me me for all my sins. sins. I need you. I rebuke rebuke the the enemy from owning my life forgive me for all my sins. Wash my heart. Make it clean. Make it new. In Jesus' name. Somebody put your hands together and give God a praise. I'm about to pray over you.
0: Hallelujah, Jesus.
1: All right. Now, one of the things that I've come to so appreciated is the fivefold ministry: apostles and prophets and teachers, and pastors and evangelists. And I know that in this season of my life, the Lord has called me to walk in an apostolic anointing. I don't care nothing about titles, but I do want to fulfill in totality what God has called me to fulfill. I said I do want to fulfill in totality what God has called me to fulfill. And I'm gonna rise more in that anointing because you know what? Playtime is over. But here's what I feel. I feel like from a father's heart, I wanna pray the heart of the father over you. I want to declare a new season of power and awakening. I wanna declare that God is going to use you, that you are necessary and valuable. So slip up your hands. I bind every trick of the enemy that has come against the people of God. I bind you devil, you have walked into the house of the Lord across America and you have sowed disunity and division and compromise. But I say in faith that there are sons and daughters in this room, there are sons and daughters in this room and online around the world that are rising up in a new fresh oil anointing. I declare that we will see an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. The Lord says it is so. Strongholds shall be broken. It is so. Demons will tremble. It is so. Our children will be delivered. It is so. Every campus will burn in revival. It is so. Shame is broken off of your life. It is so. So The attack, hallelujah, is going to be broken off of your life. It is so. Lord, we release the battle cry and we say thank you now for a new season. If you receive it and you're ready for revival, give the Lord a shout. In the name of Jesus. I said give the Lord a shout. In the name of Jesus, G- I want to I sing this and then we're going to release you, but throw up your hands. Nobody leave for just a second because there's about to be a power release in this room. Come on now. In the name
0: of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we have the victory. Stop right there and give God a shout if you believe it. Yeah! Thank you for joining us for today's message. You can continue to be a part of all that God is doing here at Calvary Christian Center. You can text to give at 386-866-3060, or you can give at calvaryfl.com give. We would love for you to subscribe to our podcast and also for you to share this podcast with your community, your family, and your friends. Again, thank you for joining us.